Welcome back to episode three of the Better Than You podcast. Four brothers here to enlighten you, give you a different perspective. Not with the yin-yang and the BS and all that. Try to have you walk away learning something each and every time you turn this podcast on. So we thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. How's everybody good, doing today? Good, yeah, good no complaints, man. Yeah. Great. Cool. Good. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um, and we can spend a little bit of time. We'll keep this one light. I know the president had the State of the Union, so we'll go to our resident <laughs> person of all things politics and B to give us the quick, give us some bullet points because I know it wasn't nothing incredible because we ain't talk about it on the group text. Well, at all. At least, nah, I well look, man, I don't know why I'm the first person to go to because I know about much of it is rest of y'all because I didn't watch. Well, I didn't watch either. I didn't watch it either. I oh, watched okay. the Strictly Business, starring Halle Berry and uh, Tommy <laughs> Davis <laughs> and uh, Joseph C. Phillips. It was wonderful. I can give a review on that. In the future, facts. you know what I'm saying? This is very good. No, but all facts, though, like, all right. I mean, I heard them speak about it this morning, obviously, and then, you know, I've read the publications and everything like that. I mean, basically, he said all the same things that he always right. says. He, he told a bunch of lies. He made, he, he made it. Well, he went into the speech talking about how he's going to bring America together. He, he did. He tried to, to, uh, to talk both lines here. <laughs> he talked about how, how horrible the border is and how bad Mexicans and stuff are. And then he, he said, uh, we need to come together. I mean, basically, that's all I heard. You know, it's just more of what, more the same of what he always said. Okay, so he really Yeah, I, mean, I wish I could hype it. I wish I could say he did something, but th- there's nothing. There's no policy he pushed forward. You know what I mean? It, it, he told a bunch of lies because the fact checkers were having a field day with that. So it was just, it, it was nothing. There's nothing I could say about it. So I wanted to, um, well, since we're talking about border control and everything, we could just kind of, I don't want to slide, I don't want to say we're going to glide over it, because I know it's been kind of talked about extensively, and we still kind of don't have all the facts, but, you know, yeah, I'm a huge fan of 21 Savage, and I I hate to see the change, you know, and I've been been following him for a while, so I've watched his career as a rapper evolve and actually watch him doing something just for the sake of doing something and taking it and really building it and building it into something. And that's what really the culture, when we talk about the culture, because hip hop is the culture, rap is the actual one of the part as a part of it. Watch him actually take it and turn it into something and then turn his life around. If we just go off of what he tells us and what we've heard about him in the past, you know, what he's become today. You know, I just, I recently saw his uh, breakfast club interview, but you know, with him, possibly being deported again i don't know all the details i think everything is still still fresh because it only happened sunday and it is thursday and the last thing i heard and i think i put in the in the in in our group chat that you know jay you know spoke on it meaning jay-z spoke on it and you know they're bringing putting attorneys together to go ahead and help the brother out and I, i mean i don't again i don't know how it just comes out of nowhere from what i know and then anybody could you know anybody could take off after me is that He's been in the country since he was seven years old. I know it was 12, but I saw from the paperwork, he's been in the country since he was seven years old. And obviously he wouldn't know anything about that at seven until he got older and maybe had to file something or do something and find out he wasn't a citizen, then go ahead and try and file, which I believe he did in 2016. So I don't, 2007, okay, so 2017, He's only 24, yeah. 25. So I don't know. I don't know what. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm at the point. I where mean, I don't yeah. Know. I think I pretty much uh, heard like the same thing. Um, I think it's a. I think it's like the pretty, like really the most common story with uh, a lot of people going through this right now. It's like they came over. He came over here legally <clears throat> with his uh, with his mother, I believe, after his parents got separated, or divorced. Right. And uh, they were good, but they didn't like renew. His mother or whatever, they didn't renew that visa or whatever. So it like expired over a year. And right. we got to think how long ago that was. They weren't on it like they are today. So it's like you just you right. just here living and just living and growing and doing your thing. And then, yeah, now that he's like so big, it's like he applied for that visa which was I mean, like two years ago. So he could be like an international act and go, you know, out of the country and tour. So I don't know if he found out his shit wasn't straight then, or 
is it just didn't matter until it had like big moves. Right. Right. He was right. he he, he, was, he was clearly targeted, to be honest with you. All right, here's two things. One thing is when ICE picks you up, especially on on uh, you know your visa or or uh, et cetera, green cards, et cetera. I mean, it's like kingpin charges, you know. Like it's it's about all oh, you can call as many lawyers as you want, unless you know you, your congressman really has to step in. And that was what a big thing about the uh, Georgia senator uh, um, said something today. I didn't actually see. I only I saw a headline. But like those, that's really um, the best you can get. You know what I mean? Because other than that, like lawyers, they 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 can only help you so much. But he he was targeted. He said something about ICE in in his most recent song, and all of a sudden ICE picks him up. Well, you know what? I'm let me let me jump in right now. Like. Yeah. I, I know he threw a little line in there about like you know how they doing the immigrants and whatnot, and the how he seen his kids and like the cell how it was I forget the line but mm-hmm. he was like it's easy to say oh maybe they targeted him but I'm thinking that the way the government moves at this snail's pace that they just not, not here I'm sorry they're not here not with ice not here. First off, everybody who puts anything in, as far as this, this administration goes, it, it, but to be fair, most administrations, but it, definitely in this administration, because they've been super active with it, they, they get targeted and they get letters sent to them immediately. You know what I mean? It's been like this, you know, for as long as hip hop has been around. And, I, you know, I don't know about other genres of music, but, you know, if you say something about the administration and they feel like it's threatening or, or crosses the line, it, they they send you a letter, but now they have whole task forces and stuff like that. So as soon as something comes up, all they have to do is look them up. They looked them up, found out stuff. Everybody's in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. He's targeted, man. Right. They, they they they. He wasn't the only person they got. They they got a bunch of people. You know what I mean? He he's just, just the one he's with just the name. One with the name, and he said something. They targeted him, and they was like, "All right, we'll, we'll get that one too." Yeah, mm. that's why I say that. I mean, I, you know, listen, man, it, 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 there's too many things. And I don't think it's not a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's far fetched. I, I, I think it's it's what they would call effective government. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you put yourself on our radar. We ended up having to look you up. You your paperwork's not right. We're going to get you. And we know where you're at. Come on. OK, you know what? If you're saying it like that. Yeah. Then uh, I guess I could see it. They had the information, and and he's on their radar. And I guess if you can yeah. catch somebody, then yeah, especially someone in hip hop with his like background and stuff like that, and you can catch him and do him a little dirty, then I'm not gonna say that they wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I say they would. So I'm kind of so I guess I'm with you on that. So I got a bigger question and a bigger conversation that I would like to have with you guys. Is I mean, how do you- well, 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 hold on, hold on one second. Let me just, um, I just want to read this real quick because, um, I don't think it's anything that it's just, just real quick on, um, 21. You know, his lawyer says that, um, because a lot of people have been putting out misinformation because of his music saying that he's a convicted felon and so on and so forth that he falls into one of the people that Trump is always talking about. His lawyer came out and said his client does not have a conviction despite ISIS claim that he is a convicted felon. There is no conviction on his record, according to his lawyer. So I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of people have been kind of putting him in the space of, oh, he's one of those people that Trump is talking right. about. No, he's not. Well, no, so yeah, but my bigger question to you guys is, I mean, and I, I always look at things like this, um, but I've been looking at this for, for a while, and the big question is, how do you feel about ICE in general? Like, do you feel like they should exist? <clears throat> Yo, Ant, hmm. you want to do something with this? Hmm. All right, Ant's lost. No, no, it's not that. It's just that if you're not, if you're using oh, okay. it for the sole purpose, for its purpose, sure, I get the reasoning to have ISIS. I get the point. But in this regime, in this presidency, I mean, you like the. Gestapo, it's like his own personal security force to push one particular agenda in a nation that's built upon immigrants, which is kind of ironic to me, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I I think if you use it for the purpose that it's supposed to, for those that are really taking advantage of this country and its economy, sure. 
Okay. Or and, you just use it for the takeover? I don't know. And, True. Yes. And, uh, first yeah. off, they they called President Obama the um, deporter in chief. Also, he deported a lot of people. He just deported them in a different way than this president does it. He, he's way more overt and, and he, he just rounds up um, people uh, willy nilly. So it, it just seems a lot harsher and probably is, especially with the cages and et cetera. But when, yeah. you, when you talk about ICE, I mean, we have police, we have um, federal police and the FBI. Why do we have a, a specific committee uh, or a specific uh, um, law enforcement aid division, division set up to <clears throat> deport people? I mean, they're not, you know what I mean? Like, why? What is, what's, the, what's the point in well, this? And then when, when you grab them, there's nothing you could do. ICE is effectively the end. Well, like, I, that's where I started this conversation. Well, we know like why the, ICE, it's like a kingpin charge. Well, we know why ICE was like formed. Like it was formed in like 2000 and it was formed in 2003 and you know, it's not too long after nine 11. Right. So, I mean, like, like Ann said, if this, if this, if it's like being used right in a way to like get, you know, violent immigrants or people that are really like violating, maybe letting terrorists in or just doing foul shit, not going through the proper channel. Then I, I gotta say, I mean, I respect it. You know what I'm saying? When, no, I under, I called the. Okay. But you know what? But you know what, Joe? But you know what, Joe? I, I, I'm a. Yeah, I'm a challenge that because the whole thing is, and I'm just listening to you. So it's something that was formed after 9/11. So what we're saying that's a reactive reaction to something that happened, to an issue that happened. And one of the things that I've learned just in life in general is you're a person that always wants to be proactive. You don't want to, you know what I'm saying, live check to check. You want to have a savings so God forbid something happen, you can maneuver. But, you know what I'm saying, you don't want to be reactive, you want to be proactive. One of the things back when I was growing up, especially in the 80s in New York, in, in New York City, in the hood, we had something called TNT, Tactical Narcotic, excuse me, Tactical Narcotics Task Force. So I could simply be walking to the store, my mother would be like, hey, go get me some milk from the store. And I could just simply be going to get get some milk from the store, and you know what I'm saying regardless of whatever that this person, whether he's a drug dealer or whatever, he's in the gang. He might be standing there. He could be my next door neighbor. If I acknowledge him, just saying, "Hey, what's up?" The paddy wagon's pulling up, and we all going to jail. And the only thing I'm doing is going to get some milk from my parents. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you. That's what I seems like to me. The drug problem had gotten so bad, they just created this task force, and they just was free. To lock everybody up, regardless of the situation, without and that's when, that's when it goes. That that's when it like goes like rogue. You know what I'm saying? Like but see, anything, that's the can, problem, go, though, anything can go rogue. Like, no, Joe. I'm sorry, but that's the, that's the issue right here, man. That's why I want to take a step back with perspective. The only reason I'm asking that is because of what you said, right? Like you, they always. They, the number one thing that, that everybody always does, especially in politics, is, is present an idea that sounds good. The slippery slope is always going to be there. The, the Muslim ban, he didn't call it a Muslim ban. People just effectively defined it as a Muslim ban. But what he did is just look at Muslim countries and say, well, maybe let's just keep these people out of here. And then maybe we need to um, start, start um, looking at the people who associate with these countries or, um, or that religion. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's always that slippery slope that they, that they start to deal with. So, yeah, it sounds good. Oh, well, we need a division to take care of this. Well, we already have federal police officers. We already have uh, law enforcement police officers. We already have the Central Intelligence Agency that has information. We have, we, we have the infrastructure to take care of these type of things. This was, take, this was created to make people feel a certain way, to make people feel, oh, okay, that's not going to be a problem. We'll just round up these people. And that's the slippery slope because everybody was scared at that time. They said, well, all right, well, we're only going to be rounding up these terrorists. And then they come, come to find out you're rounding up your gardeners or the person that was um, working in the hospital, cleaning the floors or something like that. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, it, right. and, and <clears throat> the, the slope gets slippery, more slippery and more slippery and more slippery. And you never know where it's going to end at. And that's, and, and, and maybe I'm taking this conversation in a different um, direction, but you know, like you just said, so they're just coming in and they're locking up whoever they're locking up. So being, well, being in the South and more of a farmland area, I see it a lot. And I, and, and I have a question, and I, and I ask the question of the people who are complaining, saying that, well, these illegal immigrants 
that are here are taking our jobs. So when somebody says that to me, my, my, from, my, from my perspective, I have to ask the question, if a person is here illegally, so let's just, they are here illegally, point blank. So, okay, that's, we established that. But they're here, they're doing honest work. Um, now, you may have a problem with the way they may be paying taxes or not being taxes. Or Everybody being pays taxes, paid, bro. And they're taking a load. Right. But I'm, what I'm saying is, no, but what I'm saying is, you may not be take, paying taxes because I, if, I, mm-hmm. if I have to pay you, B, to work to pay taxes $200, and I could pay Felipe $50 cash, then he's not paying no, taxes. No, but he, he does. Take, Everybody, you know what I'm I, see, that's another thing. They, they always use that as a, a red herring. And, and I don't mean to, to, to keep cutting you guys off, but that's another red herring they always use against immigration or, or immigrants in general. They say, well, they're not paying taxes. Yeah, but do they buy things? You know what I mean? Like, do they? Okay, I knew, no, okay, yeah, I understand that. And I think you're being, you're being very specific. And that, and that does, you have to, that has to be taken in consideration because their money does go into they, the they economic floor. Right, right. Think of, when we're talking about, when he's talking about paying taxes, he's talking about income tax. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And, that, and, that, and that's fine. But what B is making, he's making, and a, I could connect it again, though, if you really want to discuss income taxes, because it works exactly the same way. There are info like all right. You could look at it. see people always look at money and and, and look at it in, in in one direction. And I understand that we're we're um, American citizens. We pay we pay a level of income tax, etc. But these people that we're talking about don't have the same rights and abilities as us. You know what I mean? They they just don't. They can't do the same things that we can. Uh, they they can't just uh, uh, use the same uh, uh, um, government services that we can. No matter what people say, they can't. Right, you know what I mean, right. it's it just it's it's not equal. And you know what? Right? You know what? But they do pay taxes. You know right. what? Well, you just said that that's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? That's brilliant right there because, like, when they take all this money out my check or for, for whatever, it is going to like Social Security and like my Medicare or Medicare, whatever I need if I need that. So uh, when you're done that, working, so, yeah, so, so, it's, so I, it's so, all, so it's all there for And um, unemployment insurance and all this stuff like that. So you know what? I've never yeah. thought of it that way. You know what I'm saying? That even if they're not paying taxes, they're not really... But they pay taxes, though. Even if they're not paying them income taxes for right. the services that like right. are available to me or whatever, then it's, it's to us, then... Is cool, and but yeah, but, I, right. we, we, but let me let me let me just finish. For, let me finish my point because okay. the question that I really had about that, because the the narrative, and again, I'm speaking from a perspective, and B, you may be able to speak to it too. That is in it, well, maybe not, but I'm in a different area where there's a lot of farmland, and I hear and that and that voice is a little bit louder than when I was in New York, right, for obvious reasons. But my question to these people, and I'm saying the people that are complaining about this situation and even to the government who are also making this claim specifically you can even say to President Trump since he's making that specific claim saying they're taking our jobs then I think you're going wouldn't you be going after the wrong problem that's like why would you go after the drug user and not the drug dealer so why are you going after the immigrant well, and not the me, person hiring the immigrant this, right? so, you, so you're talking about that's been an argument and it, it, it is a good one it but is, I'm saying a it's one. a valid argument. You're making, you can't, you're making, you're, you're going after the people who say they're taking, they're yeah. not taking your job. The only way they can take it is if you're absolutely right. Someone that, gives it to them. That's why, so why are you mad at, why are you mad at the Mexican and you're not mad at Jim Bob Peter who's paying him? And you see him every day in the store. You see him every day at church and you say nothing. You go up, you shake his hand, you tell him how hard times are for yourself, but you don't challenge him on why he hired well, him. Well, I mean, I think it goes you. back to, like, what they always do when, like, when, like, times are rough and people aren't, like, getting the jobs they want and not making their money. You blame, like, immigrants because you say they're going to work for less, even legal immigrants, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this, in this day and age, like, you could outsource, like, tech jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. That shit's going overseas. Like, with the the farmland and stuff, like talking like that, I know tons of I seen tons of Mexicans when I was living in Alabama, and I know that they were taking jobs. Hell, I went to this job once for like one day at like the Target. Was it like this? No one even tried. It was it was some like factory type job, or whatever. Nothing but Mexicans in there working for real cheap. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like when it comes down to it, it's it's all bullshit. Yeah. The- no, it is. But you spoke. You spoke to something about outsourcing, like the I. Well, 
let me let me put it this way. I know of said company that's a Fortune 250 company that makes, you know, about maybe 30 to 40 billion dollars a year, but to save 30 to 50 million dollars, they outsource a a big portion of their HR services over to India. So for instance, while we're home and you work, let's just say you work at said company, you're home right now, you're off of work and you deal in that department that works with that overseas piece. Right now, it's daytime over there. I mean, Alex, if they can maintain quality, then why not outsource? That's fine. I mean, I, I, you know what I mean? Like that, that we live in a capitalist society. The, the world now is flat. Right. You know what I mean? We all get the same information in, in different countries or whatever. But, that I, but I apply that same thing to, to these people when they say, well, they're taking their jobs. They're actually not. We keep on doing these tests for, for it. And they, when, when you say somebody's taking your, the job, they're taking the job that you're not willing to work. Especially not for the to same do. Pay that, right. they're, they're, that they're willing to um to work it for. Right. But there are a million other jobs that are available. Like like there was a period we were looking at the um or I was looking at the um when the economy was 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 uh at super low unemployment around two thousand and nine two two thousand and ten. But there was hundreds of thousands of jobs available for people. All they needed to do was know how to read a blueprint, and nobody could find anybody who could read a blueprint. There, you could go to North Dakota right. and you were making six figures mm-hmm. working on the natural gas and the yeah, right. rigs. Yep. You know what I mean? But yep. nobody. There, I remember people moving out there, living bigger, in, yeah, living in mobile. The bigger, they were living in mobile homes problem. out there. It's not that. It's not about the jobs as much as it is about the education. That's what I think. I, I, no, but 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 it, what I just brought up, what I, what I just brought up, is, but because what you just said was education, and that's smart. When when you connected it to the blueprints. Yes, that's there. But like I said, you these these same people could have went to North Dakota and and picked up six figure salaries just for working on nat- natural gas and oil. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Right. And I remember that. I remember specifically remember that because they had. I remember they they even showed it. There were a bunch of people. They were renting mobile homes yeah. and just living in them until they you know until they got their money up to then go and purchase a home. Like the, like it shifted because there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of people that they created communities there. From Houston, from yeah. wherever to go, right? They yeah. created communities out of that. But the other thing, ah, I forgot the point I was about. I was about to make about that, which you was about to say. Damn, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just no, but that, I mean, that's really where I'm at with it. I, th- listen, it's easy to to uh, demonize immigrants in America, but it's also ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's it's what we keep on going, calling. Uh, we keep on going back to the same phrase: low hanging fruit. If you want to make people who are poor angry, if you want to make middle class people angry, then you tell them that these people are just coming over here. They're taking our jobs and and they're not paying taxes. They do the same thing about But see, there are studies on this. They say the same thing. That's why Trump keeps on going back to, well, they're killing people and they're raping people, et cetera. He's demonizing them in this different way now because because you see it it, it also works with his base. But it's also not true. They keep on doing the tests and they keep on coming back. Well, guess what? They're super law abiding citizens compared to the re- average American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that and, and that and that and, and I wanna and I wanna move into another direction, but just to cap that, one of the biggest problems that I have just in America in general, and I am guilty of this as well, so I'm not excluding myself, is simple education. And I don't mean book smart, I don't mean going to school, I mean in 2019, everybody has a mobile phone. They, they, there's it's no the such thing as not having age. access. Yes. Because the government... Right. So you have access to go and look something up. Just like when you act in the beginning of the conversation, mm-hmm. you asked something about ICE. I, had, I knew what ICE was, but before I wanted to comment on it, I right. said, well, let me look it up real quick to make sure yeah. I'm right. in line with the conversation. And it took that quick to do that. And everybody has access to that. Yeah. So that's not a gap between rich and poor. Because you can get it for free if you're poor and you already have it if you're rich. So everybody has access to the information. If everyone should, if, if the, the problem is, and it's like, and I don't know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, but it's no, not going to sound you. correct. How, the inf- right. The information should simply be out there. I mean, we've always heard that if you want to always want to, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Well, now that, that doesn't exist anymore. Because now you can read it in a caption, even if you they have cliff notes for dummies on what X, well, Y, and Z means- is. So you should be able, if you in West Virginia or if you're in New York City and you have an issue, you should be able to Google 
X, Y, and Z and get the facts, not the facts that you want to hear. Wait, when you say when you say facts, not that not that you should, but you can. That you actually have the ability to source act direct information. You don't even have to go to reporters anymore. Right. You can source information directly right. to the source. When I when I look up uh, um, unemployment numbers, when I look up um, uh, uh, labor statistics, I go straight to the BLS. Like when, when, when somebody asked me these numbers, I literally looked at the report. People, you can. It's not just me. Right. I'm not just, when we were talking about stocks and I was talking to you guys before, I said, well, guess what? You guys can listen to conference calls. You can actually read their, their reports. It's right. all public. Everything is. We're in the information age, but nobody wants information. Right. They want everything uh, and just, uh, given to them or regurgitated through another voice. That's the right. problem. Right. And just to just to expound on something you just said real quick before you go, Joe, BLS is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So anybody just didn't, didn't right. understand what that was. It's the Bureau of Labor right. Statistics. Well, when you, when you're talking about information, you were talking about getting from get the correct information, like not skewed by like politicians, or were you talking about get information to like learn like knowledge stuff like that for like trades and jobs and stuff. No, no, I'm not talking. Well, there's that too. I mean, and this is going to sound crazy. We all watched but that I think, fire. But I think you were talking episode. about episode. We all, we all watched that fire. Yeah, we all watched that fire uh, documentary where the dude said he learned to fly a plane with a Microsoft component. Oh, yeah, um, with the simulator, component yeah. On the computer. But, right, with a simulator. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm making that sound simple, but I'm just saying, like, that what I just said is simple, and he but, went and did it. So you can learn that, that way, but point, my, yeah. the point that I was making was, okay. I, yeah, that wasn't my point, but the point that I was making was about Finding the information. So, if you're a person, and I'm, I don't want to pick on West Virginia, but it, the, the, that sounding board seems to, they reference that a lot. And that sounding board kind of comes from there a lot. With the, it, the, it'll be, well, we don't have jobs. We don't have this. We don't have that. My thing is, you have to be able to be mobile, number one. Number two, if there's issues where you're saying someone is taking your job, being where I'm at right now, you should be able to say, how can I, because you you're just, we, B has a big thing where he goes, mm. you're just saying things. You're right. just saying things because you can't. Va- if I ask you to validate that, you can't validate that. You're validating that because you're too lazy to go look it up, and you're either listening to a pundit that's just giving you what you want to hear, that's feeding you let me, into let me, what you want to believe. Let me say one more thing, which is really bad for like you. Next topic or something. But when it comes, one thing that I know, right? I grew up. I'm like the first generation of like this internet age, right? I remember mm. having a computer. And going on like a before my 56k like modem, like the one before that, whatever it right. was, it's like slow as how information was there. And yeah. I always had a computer, had a computer before that when I was younger. But I grew into, I grew, I like, I know how to search the web. You know what I'm saying? I think that most of us, like on this right here, we know how to search it. But yeah. you have some people that are like not stupid. You know what I'm saying? Intelligent people. That, it's called the digital divide. Yeah. It's literally a term for it. Yeah. Yeah. Where people really just, even if they did think that they're going online looking at the right sources, right. then it's, it could still be some bullshit. And these are like, these intelligent people. And like you say, right people. now they're trying to fix that though. And you see it, you know what I mean? Like right now is, especially after this election and, you know, we keep on going back to this, but the, the we're go, whatever we say about it, <clears throat> The election of Donald Trump has done a lot for America. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I, I mean, they're looking at it now because of the amount of misinformation and the amount of lies. And it, it's it's a lot on a reporter's job, or it's a lot on anybody to on on websites, on Facebook that was open sourced, Instagram, on 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 Twitter, any of these places to to uh, to say, well, what's the right information and what's the wrong information? Because there was a lot of Russian bots, et cetera, right. or fake accounts, et cetera. And so now they're starting, starting to disseminate right. that information and, and knock out these fake bots and these fake accounts and these fake news stories. You know what I mean? They, they, they take um, the Alex Joneses off of Twitter and Instagram and, and, and Facebook. They don't have, a, a, there's no country for them, quote unquote, yeah. in America anymore. So, I want to uh, roll into this next topic since we caught uh, keeping on the, in terms of a politics tip, and I want to go right to Ant. So your man, my Cory man. Booker, now that was about this. That's my man. Who you talking about? <laughs> That's my man. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, Joe, Joe, your man, Cory, your man, I'm Cory man. Booker, now. Are you ecstatic? Say my man. That's not weird. Yeah, come on, man. Your man's in them. Mm. Yeah, your man, your man, your man's. 
you know, stepped out the box. We saw the, I mean, I'm pretty sure he did some other interviews. The only one I really kind of saw real quick, which probably is not the best one to see, was just the Breakfast Club one. But he's out there, and, you know, most people will probably get the information from there first anyway. But he's out there now. How are you feeling I about feel it? like it's a beautiful thing. I feel like he's got a lot of, like, he's got that hope. He's got that spirit. He said that he plans to, like, run his campaign without having, like, corporate money behind it which is a great thing, especially the mm-hmm. people who don't, don't trust politicians today. He has a pretty right. stellar record doing the right thing. I mean, you can always find it. Anybody's like, no history, like right, right. that Hell didn't yeah. go the right way or why was you behind this? They ended up being shit. But for the most part, I think he's good-natured. He's very intelligent. And I just feel like he is like super qualified to take that role. And that he's, uh, and that just like we got Trump out there, and Trump is like his my way or the highway. I feel as though Cory Booker is okay. We got to come together and make all of this work, but still has enough backbone to make these one not fold to like bullshit. Mm. That's how I feel. But you know, that's my man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'll put it out there. Like, I, um, I'm. I, I family, famously have been saying to Joe, you know, there's no excitement behind Cory Booker. And I, I think that that, is, that was the initial reaction from the date that he, he announced. I just think of, it might have been poor timing um, on his behalf, although it was a significant date, uh, the, the start of Black History Month. It just probably was just poor timing. Um, and and there was no chance to like market behind it um, to generate uh, some excitement. But um, when I heard him on Breakfast Club, you know, I I gotta echo what what Joe said. I mean, the more he talks, uh, the the more excitement probably is gonna get get behind the guy. I mean, he's he's um, charismatic. He's energetic. He really cares about what he's talking about. He literally lives it. Um, he he has literally lived it for the length of his time in, in um, the public um, uh, light. So, yeah, you, you, are you referring to when he was talking about he when, he lived in the project, when he when he lived in the projects? That I remember, I was in college in North when he was trying to be Scott yeah. James, who was like deeply entrenched in like uh, the politics. He lived in. Yeah, and, and he lived in the hood. And he lived it, and he's a fighter. You can see him jogging when you whatever you like. Yeah. Like if you were driving around, like if you go a certain time, especially like um in the morning, you could just see him jogging around. He yo, the one time he pulled the um the, the woman's house was on fire, he pulled them out of the house. When he was Batman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like do remember all the things that the, the dude did and he was just the mayor of Newark. I mean, there was no reason to keep him to, to um bring him into po- prominence. You usually don't make the mayor of Newark um anything. You know what I mean? That that it it, it just it hadn't historically yeah. It just hasn't historically been a thing. He didn't even really fight for it. He just did his job so well that the Democratic Party said, "Look, man, you're up next." I mean, I mean, like I say, he fought. I mean, he fought for North. I mean, when he first ran, he lost. Oh, okay. Then he came yeah, back, yeah. and then it was like, "Nah, nah, we made a mistake. You win." Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, absolutely. so yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. And I see we've seen this. I saw this coming. Like I go back on my Facebook Facebook post like five, six years ago, whatever. It was like, I wanted him to be Obama 2.0. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the lack of excitement behind him is because he isn't Obama 2.0. He just doesn't have the same swagger. You know what I'm saying? But there never will be. Like, he was, we never saw anything like that in Obama. And we may never see anything like a Cory Booker. Yeah. He's not going to play. I always fight against um, comparing two people just because they're black or because they're Indian right. or because That's they're, they're women. Saying, right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to compare Elizabeth Warren to, to uh, Hillary Clinton either just because they're women. And you know what I mean, and their age group. I mean, they're. I, I just fight against those things. I know. He, I know you he's fight totally it. different. I know you fight against it, and like, like the intelligence side of me, you know, really does too. But sometimes when I try to look but at this, I'm like the masses and yeah. like the narratives and just like the visual. Yeah. Like, I got right. right. And that's what I was. That's what I again. And that goes back to what I was saying before. Narratives matter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going back to saying before that people are immediately going to be like, oh, okay, so I know the Obama guy. Is this guy like him? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to do the research, and you have access to it. Mm-hmm. And it's important 
that you have to act that, and I don't want to get off on that tangent, but you have to do your due diligence to understand what you voting for or what you want to be a you part should. of. That tangent, that tangent is diligence, fine, but you don't. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm about to say, look, that tangent is fine, and I'm totally with that. But here's the thing: this is super early. Him, yeah, yeah, like, no, I understand. Like that. he's yeah. not like right now. He may look like that. But by the time he hits the national prominence and he, he's running up against right. and he has to have and they have to have a, 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 a an argument Platform. against him mm-hmm. on the other side also, he's gonna look like a totally different candidate than what we see right now. I'll explain to you right. I'll explain to you what I what I saw in Obama in the beginning. He used to tilt his head to the side when he used to do interviews. If you really going to go back when he first really started running, he looks kind of weak. His physicalness looked weak. You know what I mean? Like just sitting there when somebody would ask him questions, he, his head would be kind of tilted to the side, a little bit nervous, etc. Then he became a polished candidate. You saw him grow. I think the same thing. Cory Booker is already polished, so I'm not going to really say that. But I just, I'm, you're going to see a, a totally different candidate that's going to be on message and a totally different message <clears throat> that's going to be relevant to whatever is happening at the time. And we're going to have a year and a half to two years of this. So it's early. Ah. All right. And you got anything you want to put in there? Corey got to be something else. Corey has to be Corey. Like I said, the narrative is going to be you had a black president before you, and you have this guy. Like, okay. As you guys have already stated, like it's so he's going to be kind of like Barack Obama. I think the mess that he needs to get out is that even if he's going to be the second black president of the United States, he's not going to be a duplicate of Barack Obama. He has to find a way to be himself, he has to fix that narrative, and that's the way it seems. Like, so, like, why? Because we literally just discussed about the superhero exploits about. Him saving people and sleeping in the projects and so on and so forth. And that's great. And that's good for a narrative. But when you get all those candidates on the stage and they start telling about issues and everything else like that, I need to know where he stands. I need to know yeah, where he is. But, but I, no, I, no. But I need to see a person different from that, that Barack. Like you said, Barack wasn't talking about No, no. Can I ask you about Cory Booker, though, is that. Different from Barack, like when Barack came out, it's like okay. We, like, so let me can... ask him a question real quick before we get into to the differences. All right, All right? because it, this this is the thing, and I just wanted to go right back to you. And like you said, he has to show that he's different than Barack Obama. Yeah. Well, what do you think Joe Biden would would run on if he showed up? I mean, vice presidents and and people or or like Hillary Clinton was running on. Well, I'm going to continue the the um. The Barack Obama agenda. If Joe Biden shows up, he's gonna be like, "Well, look what me and Barack Obama did." So, I mean, yeah. running against the most one of the most popular presidents of our lifetime, and who who who's been shown to be one of the um the favorite presidents of of uh, the people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like ever? It's, yeah, not I don't you know he doesn't have to, but he is a different person, mm-hmm. so he'll end up doing that. I just want to fight against what you just said, like just just throwing it out there. That he have to show us that he's different, and he doesn't. My thing, how I see it, is this though: it's like just like what you just said. It would be best for him to show why he is a lot like him, because like you said, he's most beloved president in uh, you know recent history. You know what I'm saying? Barack Obama. So you got folks that wish Barack Obama could come back. You know what I'm saying? So. For him to be aligned with him, that's great. But what I'm saying is, like, you say it's so early. Like, when it gets, like, more into, like, what he's about, who's he about, we're going to see it. Because unlike Barack Obama, it's like, okay, we knew he was a professor. We knew he was a community activist. I don't think we knew it was, like, his history. But he was, like, the senator for, like, a second before yeah. he ran for president. With Cory Booker... He he got national prominence as the mayor of Newark before he even took right. uh, was that the Lautenberg Levitt he took in Jersey mm-hmm. and, and he's been he's been a senator for a minute so he has like so we've seen him on TV you know what I'm saying we've seen mm-hmm. him next to the, we've seen his name associated with different like bills different things and like that so he has a whole bunch of stuff he can talk about that he already did so that's a plus for him right there the crime bill that everybody touts and and and, and... A lot of a, a lot of uh, uh, people of our skin yeah. keep on saying that that it's that old oh, Trump has done this and and why aren't we talking about it? It was actually Cory Booker's bill, yeah. And Trump never actually had to sign it because it was unanimous. Yeah. 
And that's, so, and that's, I mean, that's something that people are going to learn. Like, folks, if they didn't know that, they learned if they listened to that Breakfast Club, being if you're alone. And that's yeah. going to be a damn, 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 she's going to be a bullet point while he's campaigning. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think that Cory Booker is like, I think he's just a really, really good candidate. And I think that the lack of excitement for him running just happens. It's, it's kind of like if, um, if like, I don't know if Neo dropped the album like a week after Beyonce yeah. dropped the album. Beyonce, I'm saying that's Kamala. You know what I'm saying? Kamala Harris. And, nah, we, we, and we've been you, planning for her to like announce that she was like, because she looks so good and she's intelligent and she, she looks real presidential. We've been waiting for like months for her to like, you know, do her announcements. Like, okay, she in the race, we good. And here come Cory Booker, who we've known longer. At least I have. Mm. I'm pretty sure just nationally you know how you know him longer. He comes yeah. in like right after. So it's like we care about Neo right after Beyonce, like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so yeah, I mean when it yeah. all like fleshes out and you know, we'll we'll see what everything looks like. Yeah, it and and that's that's exactly the point, man. It just you gotta give it time and the initial spark was on one end, but we've seen initial sparks Fade. Matter of fact, usually it. I, I knew love, you was going. I knew you was going. You was going right to that. What happened? <laughs> he said Howard what? Dean. I was, oh, like, yeah, like, I was saying Joe's going to go it's right to that. But it's true. I mean, he's a he's a good he's a good. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I just yeah. remember because we were just yeah, talking. Yeah. About, I said like, Joe's going to say Howard Dean. Yeah. But not. But yeah, we we want we want um everybody staying tuned because we definitely going to keep you informed about a lot of what's happening. I mean, we. A lot of it's kind of on the uh, presidential level because the people are announcing, but it will be all over the place in terms of talking about the local elections, which is just as important to you. I want to um, kind of touch on, you know, kind of lighten it up a little bit. You know, this uh, that little sport y'all like, that little ah, basketball sport y'all like. <laughs> the trading deadline. The trading deadline is coming up, and I'm mo- we actually we are all Nick fans in here, but we'll talk about Nick. everybody, but. Let's just recap that. Let's just recap that Porzingis trade and how we feel and how and how we feel about. It. I think we all in agreement that you know nobody's upset. You know, I, I, you listen. You listen to ESPN New York or any of these other outlets. You know, people ready to jump off the roof. Yeah, because they think it's over. But um, but I, I'm I can say like I'm happy with it. I don't have, I don't have any I don't have any um regrets or anything. I'm cool with it. Especially the way that he was acting, I yeah, thought yeah. it was good for the front office to look like they were in charge, and not you have certain situations like you're looking around where it looks like the players yeah, in charge. Facts, but we look like we are in charge. Like, okay, you want to get out of here, Playboy? No problem. We ship you right out of here. It's not a problem for us. We gonna move on from you. Just like, oh, bitch, you don't love me no more. You want to be out? Go ahead, go over there with him. Mm. I'm good. We gonna go over. We gonna go over here, and I'm gonna go over and do and do us. And that's what we're doing. Now we're sitting in a situation with DSJ, Moutier, Frank, Mitchell Robinson. Um, I'm a, and, you know, Doxon's been looking good. And, and for just to go back a little bit, a lot of people will kill Phil, and there are points you can kill Phil for, but he left us in good condition. And a lot of the, you know, he didn't jack up the cap. He yes, spent he money, did. But he wasn't. Yo, let me, let me, let me, oh, okay. Let me get, okay. Get, we just got rid of Courtney Lee. We had to buy yeah, out yeah, Noah. Yeah. Come on, bro. Let me, let me get in here real quick. Before you get really, <laughs> yeah. Let me get real intelligent with the Nick talk. Cause you, you want it. Yeah. Let me just say my little surface level shit. As far as Phil go, I say, fuck Phil. Word. Phil ain't do shit. I mean, shout out to the Porzingis pick. I mean, <laughs> That was dope. We just flipped that nigga for cap. We just flipped dude for cap space. Like, but like as far as Phil goes, now nah, he fucked up. And I mean, it's I felt for a second that they might be on like the right path, but he was so hell bent on making the players that were already there that just were a season removed from almost going to the conference finals. He made sure he he made sure he came in there and was like, nah, we gonna play like this, and he didn't even coach it. He got puppets of his to coach. He got a new coach every year. Yeah, to coach some bullshit Come on, that dogs. worked for him with the greatest players of all time. And saying, "Man, I, well, I ain't got nothing." Else. I was really going. I was really going to the players on that, but we could move on. I, mean, I ain't got nothing else. Really but, the, but yeah, no. But for real, like we now, right now, like all right, let's let's talk about it right now. We got the only 
all black front office in the history of the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are black from front to bottom. I think Pozingas went in there, looked at all these brothers and was like, man, what them boys got? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, think about it, man. He went right to um to uh, Cuban Mills. and them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. No, he went right to Mark Cuban and to where they take care of the Euros. Yeah. He was never gonna believe us. He was never gonna trust um. He was never gonna trust uh 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 Scott Perry. Or you know what I mean? Like Fizdale went Fizdale went there to where he lived at. Yeah. Yeah, he was blowing smoke up his behind and all that. Man, come on. Like he extended his hand. Yeah. Like, come on, Playboy. Come on, man. Uh, like, man, if he don't want to be here, if he didn't believe in the vision, if he didn't understand what tanking meant because he wasn't playing this year, if he didn't understand that we were gonna have the cap space to make some major moves, well then he needed to be gone. Yeah. I mean that's nah. I mean that's how he was carrying it, you know what I'm saying? He was carrying it like that. And yeah, I'm good. All right. And then obviously we got the rumors going crazy with um I won't say as I mean KD I'm well I to focus on KD. The rumor like every single every single day it's a different, you know, situation where it's like, oh, that's another sign that KD is coming to uh coming to the Knicks. KD's coming to the Knicks. And I mean, I've always felt this about the Knicks, period. Across the board, and I and I and I say it about the city of New York. Period. It's cool, and it ain't no disrespect in all the city. It's cool to win in Cleveland. It's cool to win in Milwaukee or wherever else you at. But when you when you win in New York, you are God. I mean, Joe Namath is still out here. Look like what a we going legend. to though. Yeah. Look what we going we to. Go it don't happen. Back. You know what I mean? It don't happen. So how you know? You know what I mean? You going you mean? to Joe Namath? Come on, man. Wait, no, no, no. What I'm, I'm no, but what I'm talking about is the longevity yeah. of his oh, stardom. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. If he won that, if he won that, about uh, two thousand was that two thousand and eight. Michael Strahan won his championship. Michael Strahan right. gonna be on. Michael Strahan is on white folks or oh, white on white ladies now. TV. He's yeah. the king of. Uh-huh. He's like one of the kings of white ladies at home TV and shit. No, he is right, no, and Michael, that's what I'm just saying. Fan, it puts you, no way. it puts you in a different, it puts you in a different stratosphere, yeah. and, it's, and I say even over LA, it just puts you in a different stratosphere. It's hard to say over LA because of Shaq. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you see what Shaq oh, yeah. is, you see what Kobe is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was they, his the Shaq, Shaq in Orlando, nobody even remembers. Shaq I remember. in L, I mean you remember because I remember. Yeah. I get it, but the cachet mm-hmm. of a Shaq mm-hmm. in Orlando was nothing. Right? right, he always had the same personality. He he was coming to the All Star Games doing the same stuff, and when he got to LA, you see him, he's still on every commercial, and he's getting paid millions to be a goofball. Yep, right. Come on, man. And yeah, so I mean that just that 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 puts you. Well, just to speak to New York, that puts you in a different stratosphere. So when I listen to, you know, the sports quote unquote yeah. pundits, you know, okay. talk about. Like okay, so y'all know I love y'all know I like listening to Colin Cowherd a lot. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he said today, and it makes sense. Yeah, right. If you're just looking at mm-hmm. it, nah, nah, it does. It actually does make sense. It's like, yo, listen, why would you leave Golden State? You can probably stay here, sign long term, and really win another and rival and try and rival what maybe Boston did. And I'm just using that as an example, and just say maybe you can rival that and maybe go for six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Why would you leave? and go to New York. Now, if you're just a person sitting on the surface, you look at that and you say, that does make sense. That's not an idiotic thing. That's like, well, I could just stay here. I'm in Silicon Valley. Yeah. We're getting a new stadium. They could pay me. Uh-huh. Steph is locked in. They're going to lock in Clay. They lock in me. And regardless of what, maybe Boogie stays at a lower, who knows, and we could rock this out for at least another four years, and I could walk away with eight and Trump Jordan and be seven and zero in, in the finals. But you know what I'm saying? If that, but but it's the legacy no, of what you could do. But it's the legacy. And I, yeah, and I'll be quiet after this because <laughs> you know I'm kind of on the surface with it. But the but what you could do for legacy for yourself, winning one championship in New York to me is better. And that's just to me, and you can dispute it. To me, it's better for you. Better for your career, better for your legacy to win one in New York than to go ahead and win another six right down there. But go ahead. Say I what just want to say this real quick, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is what, like, what really matters to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't get, I can't get into Kevin Durant's head. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was his last, um, 
I don't know if it was his last championship or the first one, where where they were at like the parade and like the general manager, whoever, said like a little. It was funny, jokey, jokey, like a little slick thing about how what's the hit just got there. How Kevin Durant. It was it was it was a joke that was pretty much like kind of like ooh, it wasn't like a good moment. It was kind of he, he pretty much said like you just got here, like you joined the bandwagon and shit. And everybody asked him oh. jokingly because he's the two time. Finals MVP. That shit is the narrative. You know what I'm saying? And when it's all said and done, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, Kevin and I had a whole bunch of championships. But at least for like the recent history, until he old as fuck, for the next 10, 15 years, people are gonna always people are gonna keep talking about how he got them championships. Uh, hey, I think he cares about legacy. Uh, I don't I think. think. That, first first off, man, I don't think. I think. I think a lot of that is BS, but. That's that's neither here nor there. I don't think that that narrative is really gonna last too much longer. But but that's neither here nor there. Here's the thing, yo. LeBron James doesn't care. Didn't care about legacy when he went to um to Los Angeles. He didn't care about that anymore, right? He but was what's going, his hold on, man. But what's hold, his on, bro, hold on, bro. Because that's why I was quiet. Because I wanted to get a full sentence out, right? Okay. LeBron James didn't care about it anymore, right? It was done. His legacy is cemented. He's one of the okay. greats, right? But Agreed. guess what? We looked at it earlier today when we were looking at markets and what and, and teams and, and how much they're worth. When it's time to be a billionaire, where did he have to go? New York don't have the money. I'm going to go with the boy Magic over here in L.A. Because he wants to be a billionaire now. It's different. His cachet and everything is going to be different. There's only two markets that can do that for you. And LeBron just took one of them. Why did why does why would Kevin Durant consider going to um New York? Legacy and all that, that's cool. But he literally is sitting here telling y'all when he says, I want to just get the money now. He's telling you. Well, it's like, because the place to become a billionaire, if you're Kevin Durant, is New York. But like he Alex owns said, the market. Though, but like Alex said, if he's over there with all these Silicon Valley folks. That money come up real fast. Do you that think so? What, who, it who, don't who, come who, up the same way. No, no, it doesn't come people? up the same. Who the richest people in the world? Listen to what I'm about. Listen, listen to okay, I understand what you're saying to you, but listen <clears> to me because this? I'm gonna break it down for you on some real shit. Where are we going with this? Kevin Durant is his own entity. He's a corporation. His name, his cachet, isn't it? He can. So the Silicon Valley people, he can. Oh, I'll invest in this and, and I can make this. But the Kevin Durant brain entity where he employs all these people and, and, and his cachet rises and, and his family, his cachet rises and, and they get to employ and create businesses based on this, that has to happen in a larger market. That's difference in, this the difference between being an investor and being in the person that has to be invested in. And Kevin Durant in New York, you have to invest in him. He's the, he's the marquee name. He's the Fortune 500 uh, uh, corporation in and of himself. That's the difference. That's what LeBron has done for himself. Now, it's a tough year for him. That's why he's there. That's what Kevin Durant <laughs> it's needs to do. a tough year now. for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's looking bad right now. But, I mean, just saying, like... No, nah, no, nah, it, yeah. it is, it is. We'll yeah. touch on it. We'll I touch mean, on it. Yeah, but, I mean, this was a throwaway year. No, exactly. It's a throwaway year. I, I'm not putting it on it. I'm not, you know, I, I, th- I think his plan is working. It's brilliant. I'm team LeBron, 100%. Protect LeBron. I'm on his side. All right. Well, since we, since we, well, let me, well, I don't want to move in that direction. Let's just put a cap on the Knicks real quick. So we basically love where we're sitting. We love what, what we believe is on the horizon and even possibly sitting with a, with a bird, with a, you know, with a bird in the hand looking at Zion coming up in, um, uh, April or whenever the draft is June, July, August. I don't know. Whatever. So we're looking good at that. But to go on what you said with LeBron. Hmm. You said that it's basically a throwaway yeah. year. That's Joe said that. Yeah. So, uh, right. So, you believe at 34 years, you think he has years to throw away? Well, here's away? my thing. Here's my thing. The reason I say it's a throwaway year was because of the team that he went into the season with. You know what I'm saying? He went into the season with a team that had no second superstar. You know what I'm saying? And he's in the West. And you got like three teams at least that can like wipe them off the wipe them out. At least three, four teams right. that can wipe them out. And 
they said it was a throwaway year. Now, did they just say that shit and hope that like they was gonna like bring in somebody on the trade? Like, I never heard him say it was a throwaway year. Charles. Right, I don't I, think that's I, what I I'm about to say to because they said with this narrative. Well, well, I, yeah. and let me, and let me, and let me, and let me, let me be clear. Yeah, I'm no, I want you to finish, Joe. I want you to finish. I said it's a throwaway year. Was because when Magic and LeBron, they was out there talking. They talked before the season started. It was okay. Mm-hmm. We signed for four years. It's really three and the possible and shit. But they signed for three and the possible. So it's like there's no rush. So this year we're gonna see what we got, see how it goes, and next year they go balls to the wall with the shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but that's but not, take it. All okay. right, let me let me get my give me let me get my, my layman's right. response to that. All right, so I'll I'll write down <laughs> what what Joe said so I can respond to that. Because <laughs> I didn't see I'm a, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't see it that way at all. Cause he said some what you just said is something similar he said when he was going to Cleveland. Oh, I don't know, we not may not win right away or blah 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 see, blah. We're, he we're went taking it in off right away. To win, I don't ever think, and I think from day one, him and Rich Paul had that plan. Like, look, we just gonna have to ride this out till we get to you know get around January, get him closer to the trading deadline, and then boom, we're gonna hit him with this. So I believe that plan was always in play. That's my layman's view. Go ahead, no, that's not even the layman's view. That's the facts. LeBron James is coming to a year thinking he's gonna lose. At he, he was building. He was building these kids up. If you if you were sitting there watching how they play, and that's why I said I, like I was saying these things at the time, and you guys thought I was just criticizing the players, but you could see how he was trying to make them play to change their game. And I said, well, well, um, Lonzo's he, he, he's playing a little weird, he's playing unconfident, uh, uh, and then you see them switch out the lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get you see the rise of the cachet of, of, of a Rondo, uh, and you see them, them how they play. And then and then as soon as Tyson Chandler gets free, they grab him up, and then uh, the Suns don't release. Uh, um, uh, um, Ariza for a specific reason that they know that the Lakers are just going to grab him up because they knew what the Lakers were doing. The only reason the Lakers look bad right now is two reasons. LeBron James is ha- on the longest injury of his life and these young kids are scared to get traded and it's all in their head. But right after the trading deadline, when there's more p- players to pick up, they're right back at it. He's not going to be in the same position he could have been because of the injury and because of what these young <clears throat> kids are doing. But LeBron James came into this year thinking, I'm going to get to the Western Conference Finals, see the Warriors at some point in time, and then we're going to, and, and then whatever happens from there happens from there. But I had beaten them before. All right, you know what? That's what well, he came Let me, let me respond thinking. to that, though. Let me respond to that. Yeah. I'll say this. Maybe I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite or whatever, but I remember that's all I was saying was that throwaway year shit. That's how they was playing it. You know what I'm saying? That, but I, I, I don't even think they played it like that. Like I get it. No, I, actually, you know what? I'm I, I'm lying. Magic on TV, like, yeah, you know, we I'm not lying. press, we not press. Like that. I gotta, I gotta. Hold on, wait. I gotta respond to that because that's that's the part I forgot to t- write down. The Magic getting on TV was not saying we're not pressed about the year and winning games. Magic on TV was saying, I'm not pressed. Magic said, if I don't bring in the second superstar here, I failed, then they might as well fire me. But we have time. I'm going into next year. We're going to have another superstar. That's why I'm here, and that's why I'm having the cap space. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's talking about building this squad and then winning for years to come. He wasn't talking about this year being a throwaway year. He brought, he brought LeBron James to be the CEO manager on the court of these young guys. And he's, he's right now he's raising these guys up and he's going to see who, who belongs and who doesn't. And by the trade deadline, his plan was really to trade them and get to know whoever um, could win. Yeah. But guess what? You know, he ran into a roadblock with New Orleans and then mm-hmm. the whole the rest of the NBA. Mm-hmm. See, Magic is it, Magic is a novice on this job, too. This yeah. is another thing we got to forget. And he, yeah. he, he let everybody know his plan. And, and the league was like, oh, come on, man. You ain't doing this to but us. You know the real shit, though? The real shit is how see, right? I swear. They, all I'm saying is this. They played it like, okay, we're not really pressed this year. And when they played it like that, I think I think they just was playing it like that, like you saying. They started to throw away. Yeah. And if LeBron yeah. didn't get hurt. Then <clears throat> that was the media that said that. Okay, that was never right, LeBron. Right. Okay, never, it, it's never Magic. All right, the media said it, but Magic is like, yeah. when they asked him, it's like, what you expect this year? We're going to win games, see what we got, this, that, whatever. We got LeBron for the next four seasons, so it was this, that, whatever. So they kind of kept leaning on that, but I th- I don't think any of us believe that they weren't going to make moves to try to build, especially when they started bringing in people that was battle-tested and champions. You know what I'm saying? Rondo a champion. My nigga, uh, my dude, JaVel McGee, he's a champion. Who else did they bring in? 
Beasley and Stevenson. But you know what? To me, and this is exactly how I felt about it. I said, oh, they bringing them in. So when they trade everybody, they got some grizzled veterans that can step right in with no problems and fill the void immediately. That's exact. That's how I looked at it. I was like, oh, okay, so they just setting up. If they lose this one, this one, this one, this per these people could step right in right now because they chisel veterans. They know what to do. And they're gonna be ready to play. Yo, and well, but, um, before anybody talk, and did you want to get in there? <laughs> nah, nah. Y'all go ahead with this. Y'all go oh. because y'all y'all going a whole different way. I put, my thinking is completely different. What you thinking? So, then? That's, nah, that's they got it. it. Yeah, if yeah, you got a thought, it, come yeah. on, bro. They <laughs> scared to think now. What I'm trying to figure out is how we got from you know the Knicks to the Lakers all of a sudden. Like no one can. Nah, we went to Anthony Davis. <laughs> we went to Anthony Davis. It's it's the story. You know what I mean? I don't care. Because yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. No one has a better offer than what Boston can offer, but Boston's in a position where they can't make the offer until June. The Lakers' yeah. best right. thing to do right now is to move all of those guys right now. But if you move all of those guys and just got LeBron and AD, what else you got? Now, okay. you, done, you, done, you, done, you done pissed off the other team. Now they're like, I don't want to deal him there at all. And they don't have to. They can wait as long as humanly possible. To DLA did. They ain't got a plan. Right. He's not a free agent now. Right. They got time. So everyone's like, right. when's he going to move? Like, he's not moving now. He might not move during the summer. The best. Well, he's, he's not moving to the Lakers. That's the biggest, that, that's the biggest statement. He's just not going right. to move to the Lakers. And, and I want to go away. Let me let Ann finish. Go ahead. Here's the problem. If you want AD, it's going to cost you a lot. Because you don't get a generational talent. You don't get a top five guy in the prime at all. So you that's not true. He ain't top five on my list. Well, no, 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 no. I, I can't say that. <laughs> Joe bugging, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that we that, about to get two dudes in the prime of their life. No, what I'm, what I'm about to say is this: they moving up the numbers that you're seeing for AD because it's the Lakers. If you look at what Demarcus Cousins uh, uh, garnered last year, it was right. way less. The Bobby Hill, yeah, yeah, like Buddy Hill, like the the the, the Buddy yeah, they, just, they just changed they changed the narrative on what they expect just because it's the Lakers, not because that's what you have to give up to get talent in this league. Listen, if you could get three first round draft picks, that's a haul. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And even if you don't want to talk about, even if you don't want to talk about Boogie, because he was, he never took his team to the playoffs. Neither did Anthony yet. Davis. You, Come on, man. Right, right, right. But I want to say you can even look at Kyrie. He's been twice. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying you can see what Kyrie did. But, yo, I wanted to ask a question because I've been looking at this and I'm just being a realist. I know what I said and I'm still emphatic about what I said about AD going to the Lakers. But if I'm sitting in Magic's position, this is just something I was thinking about. If I'm sitting in Magic's position and I'm being realistic about the situation, I know what it is between the Lakers and Boston. I know Ainge has more assets than me to make this move. It doesn't matter what AD Pop said or whatever the situation is. I feel that they may take that chance and pull him in and bring Kyrie back and really say, well, look, and then take a chance and say, look what we could do when you're with us. Just stay with us long term and we'll finish it and we'll get to the top of the mountain. So if I'm looking at that and I'm magic, this is what I'm thinking. Again, my layman thought on it. If I'm the Lakers, why wouldn't I look at Washington and say, yo, John Wall is out for the year. He, and he's out next year. Okay. Y'all need a, y'all need a point guard. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no, I God. got a point guard what? for you. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. You can... I, I got a point. I got a point who? guard for you. <laughs> Lonzo. Oh. For who? For Bill? For, for, for John? Yeah. Let's, why don't, I, mean, why don't I disagree with a lot of the shit you're saying, dogs. <laughs> no, no, you can. You can. You can. I'm not. not. But again, that's why I preface everything with what I'm saying. My lame is turned because I'm looking at it and I'm saying, yo, look, it's really possible they got a better deal for AD and they're going to take that shot. Then I'm going to be sitting here looking at LeBron going into a new year what now. What do you think they're going to get? For, what do you think nah. they had to give up for? Um... Yeah. For Bill? Let, let's not even go down that wild. Let's not even go down that yeah. line of thinking. Here's I... the thing. Here's the thing. All these teams, yeah, all these teams are the teams that you're naming. The teams like the Lakers. Lakers want to have money for the for the off season yeah. for the for these players. So they shooting their load right now makes no sense. That's what I. No, no, what, not right now, not right now, not right now. No, not definitely not right now because you have to get to the off season. Because then what we talking? You have about? your right, but what I'm saying, I'm talking about 
in the offseason, if AD goes to Boston. Lakers making the trade, it, Lakers making the trade, it, they, they shouldn't. What the Lakers need to do is sign the right free agents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Making a trade, they, wanted, they need depth. Listen, if you want to look at it, let's just be 100% honest, man. If you look at the top four teams in the West versus the top four teams in the East, I'm looking at the East and I'm saying I like the East a little bit better. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the, it, uh, if, you, if you really look at it, the balance of the power in the NBA is starting to shift. And it's starting yep. to shift yep. based on a, lot of, <clears throat> on, on a lot of things. But one, of the, one major thing is depth. Yeah. All of the teams on the top of the East that you really like, they're the deep teams. You know what I mean? Now, the Lakers, if they make a trade, they lose their depth. Magic knows this. Yeah, the but only you, thing think, you, gonna... think you, ha- you okay. think you have to give up everything for Bill? You wouldn't have to give up Doug, for you Bill. you don't want to make a Would trade. You, you don't have AD. to make a trade. Listen, it's, it, it makes no sense to make a trade when you could go into the offseason with actual cap space. You got to, Kevin to buy Durant, a max. you got Kawhi Leonard, you got yeah. Kyrie Irving, you got Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson. You're not doing that. All these, you're not I don't think none of those. I don't think, and I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't care if you don't think so, you don't Harris, do it. Chris Magic Johnson nah. said, now this is the fact that Magic Johnson did say this, and this is based on what Joe was saying earlier. Magic Johnson said that if I don't get a second star here, then you might as well fire me. I didn't do my job. Right. He said it. Because I think, I, to be honest with you, and again, I'm, I feel, I honestly feel like they'll, they, the, the best deal that they can walk away with, because I don't think Kyrie's going there. I know Durant's not going Somebody's there. Going Kawhi, there, I'll put him out as a, as a wild card, because nobody knows with Kawhi. We just know mm-hmm. the Clippers at it every game. And I don't think anybody else is going there. And if I think if KD leaves, I think the, the and, and Boogie plays well, I think they'll offer another contract to Boogie to stay. So, to me, at the end of the day, if all those people are gone, what are you looking at? You're looking at Jimmy Butler and a trade for maybe Bill. And I'm just throwing it out there. And that's your haul. And you don't have to give up the, you don't have to give up a whole haul to get Bill. You're going to be able to keep some of that depth if, to begin with. If, no, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now that you moved it into this is not the during the season and it's the offseason, yeah, sure, Alex. If they fail on, on, um, on signing players, the players they need, yeah, sure, of course. They're going to go out there looking for trades like they're doing right now. That's why I said that's, some, that, that's not even worth a conversation. That's somewhere farther down the line. That's just assuming them that, that they're going to fail and everything. So uh, That's fine. Like, of course, there's a million players that they could look at. You know what I mean? But first off, they don't need to do that, and that's not where their mindset is right now. Right now, it's try to win as much this year, get LeBron healthy, try to win as much this year, go into the offseason, offer the best trade possible for AD, or sign whatever top talent you can. That's it. Honestly, yeah. I, 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 I don't trust AD. I don't trust him. And I just feel like get him is probably going to be disappointed. All right, well, we can close on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we Because the last thing right. we did. I'm glad all we right, did. All right, all right, all right, all right, Alex, fade us out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last thing, um, real quick, the last thing I saw is that uh, your man Gasol didn't travel with the team. So yeah, that still, I don't There's know. There's a million trades going on. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Well, that's all a big right. one. Now. I'm just saying yeah. that's a big one. But, yeah, other than that, we don't have anything to get into. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you took away something, especially about some of the topics we spoke about earlier. We hope that you walked away from this podcast being better than you were when you first started. Peace. Yeah, yeah. All right, word.